Let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit our webpage at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our study today. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your love, your mercy, your goodness to us. We want to thank you that we have the privilege of coming together like this. We invite your presence to be with us, and we request that you grant unto us your Holy Spirit. Give us wisdom and understanding, and may we rightly divide your words of truth today. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's study is entitled, The Wheat and the Tears. The Wheat and the Tears. And our passage for this study, it's really one verse, Matthew 13, 30, which says, Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tears, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Matthew thirteen thirty. The Wheat and the Tears is one of the most well-known of the parables. Lots and lots of people quote it. It's interesting, though, because it's one of the few parables that is only in one of the Gospels. Now, I'm inclined to say that the parables with the most controversy surrounding them are the ones that have the least mention across the Gospels. The other parable that you see a lot of controversy over is the rich man and Lazarus found in Luke 16. Well, here we have the wheat and the tears, and many people many people feel as though there is significant instruction in how we ought to behave in these passages. And there is. In Matthew 13, from verses 24 through 30, Christ put forth the parable to the people. In fact, in that whole chapter, the Bible tells us that he spake unto them only in parables. He was primarily speaking to them in parables throughout this section of Matthew. And so here's, here's the parable. We'll go through it. Matthew 13, 24 through 30. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He saith unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. 
Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. So a few verses later, it tells us that Jesus sent the multitude away, and he went into a house. This is in verse 36. And his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. Okay, so the sower is Christ. The field is the world. Okay, so the seed was sown all over the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. Okay, that's verse 38. Now, I want to point this out before I continue. When you're looking at parables, I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but it bears mentioning again. When you're looking at parables, you have to be very careful how you extrapolate information that you're given against information that you're not given. Okay? When you're given a prophecy and there are symbols that are used, well, everything in that prophecy is something that's going to happen and you have to match up the symbols to real events. But when you're given a parable... The things that are called out are the things that are important, and the things that aren't called out may have legitimate implications, but you have to be careful how you try to apply them. Okay? So, as an example, Christ says that the Son of Man sowed good seed in the world. The good seed that he sowed are the children of the kingdom, but the devil came and sowed children of the wicked one. The parable says, while men slept. Who are the men that slept if the men are the seeds? Right? These are all questions that are legitimate questions, and we can get hung up on them. But in a parable, you largely have to pay attention to the gist of what is being said because it is not necessarily true that every element of the parable translates to something that needs to be deciphered, okay? A parable is not a prophecy. Generally speaking, a parable is not a prophecy, okay? But the details that you are given are facts that you have to anchor yourself on, okay? So let's do 39. The enemy that sowed them is the devil... The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Okay. So what are the important things that we, that we gather that pertain to this parable? We have often heard it said when we see foolishness go on among God's people, right? Whether that's in Christendom at large, whether that's in a specific denomination, whether that's in a specific church congregation, however people choose to use it. Whenever we see foolishness amongst righteousness, someone is going to remember to say, 
the wheat and the tares grow together. It's not a bad observation. Because sometimes when people go to deal with it, and there are ways to deal, but sometimes the way people are thinking of dealing with it, they have to be reminded of verse 29. When the servant said, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? He said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tears, ye root up also the wheat with them. Okay? There are ways of dealing with with right and wrong within a congregation, within a denomination, within a group gathering a body. There are ways of doing it that are helpful, and there are ways which create more problems. And I've seen this played out in real life too many times to count now. So it is important how things are dealt with, lest you have a huge separation and some people get carried away on one side or the other who did not realize all that was going on. But at a high level, we need to remember that the ultimate separation of false professors and the wicked from among God's people will be handled by God via his angels. Okay? No matter who you think the servants of the householder are, in verse 27, who come and ask him, what happened? What happened here? You know, sir, didn't you sow good wheat, good seed in your field? From whence hath it tears? And he said, an enemy hath done this. Okay. An enemy had done this. Um, verse 25 says, While men slept, his enemy came and sowed tears among the wheat and went his way. Okay. In the parable, the enemy, who Christ says is the devil, stirs up damage and leaves. Now, we know that the uh, the devil does not just leave and go away and, and just leave things until the end. The devil is constantly around and harassing. So again, we know those facts from other things in Scripture, so we have to keep our focus on the things that are communicated to us in the parable and not try to fill in gaps for which there is insufficient information. Okay? We're not told who the servants of the householder are. He tells us who the, the reapers are. He tells us who sows the seed, what good seed and bad seed represent, what the enemy, who the enemy represents, and where the field is, and when the harvest is. And he says that the reapers are the angels. And that's important because while we are called upon to uh, conduct ourselves aright as individuals and to manage our households aright as individuals and to maintain discipline within the church of God, we have to be careful that we don't get to a place that looks too much like reaping and, you know, indiscriminate plucking up, because oftentimes when we do that, we accidentally catch up young wheat that's not well harvested. Okay, and by young, I don't necessarily mean young 
children. They can be young as in new, newly planted. Okay? Very important that we do that. The other thing that this parable tells us quite definitively is that the harvest is the end of the world. There are many theological perspectives that suggest that there are multiple timings for um, the separation of the tears and the wheat. But Christ pretty much says that it's harvest time that this happens. Okay? It's harvest time that this is going to happen. And this corresponds with things that are said elsewhere, such as in Matthew 24, or in Luke 21, or in Mark 13. Right? The harvest is at the end of the world. There are some things that God is going to leave until right at the end. If you think about it, the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah was dealt with right at the end. The separation of Lot from the wickedness was right at the end. The separation of uh, Noah and the wicked was right at the end. When the children of Israel were about to enter Canaan in the time of Joshua, not the first failed attempt in the time of Moses, there were wicked among them. There were those who were unbelief, uh, you know, who had unbelief. There were those who got caught up in the matter at Baal Peor. And they were separated just before the children of Israel went into Canaan. Okay? With Noah, there was a call, a final call that was made, and only Noah and his family made it, and therefore all the wicked perished. With Lot, the angels came, and Lot made a final appeal to his family, his in-laws, but only his wife and two daughters who were still at home with him came along, and even the wife looked back and, and lost out on safety. So it's, it's important for us to realize, to recognize, to acknowledge that our responsibility is not as much in the reaping department as it is in the sowing and the cultivating and the pruning. Like if you, if you look at what our responsibility is agriculturally in the church of God, it is more along the lines of cultivating the plants. It's the same responsibility that God gave Adam in the garden to tend and keep the garden. Okay. I'm sure that did include reaping for Adam, but it's not mentioned in the Bible. It isn't mentioned. The first time we see anything actually being reaped or harvested is when Cain brings the wrong offering. Okay, so that's deliberately not communicated to us. But this passage in Matthew 13, which is the only instance of this parable in the Bible, shows us that God sowed good seed, Christ sowed good seed, which should result in the children of the kingdom. The enemy sowed bad seed, which intermingles. 
Christ is willing to let them grow together until the harvest. And you would think that that's so risky, but God is so interested in saving us that not only is he willing for the gospel to be preached to the wicked, but he's willing to leave the wicked around, even though you would think that that's very risky. He's willing to leave them around, not only so that they'll have access to the gospel, but so that premature separation of the wicked won't cause a loss of the righteous. Very important. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. At the end of the world, the tears will be gathered by the angels and gathered for destruction. And the righteous will be gathered for salvation. The righteous will shine forth as the sun. Right? It says that the wicked will be gathered out of Christ's kingdom, which means they're going to be right up in the kingdom up until the end. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. As you contemplate this, please remember that when you look at parables, work with the details that you're given. Don't try too hard to play around with details you're not given, because a parable is not prophecy. It serves a different purpose. The kingdom of heaven is like unto kingdom of heaven is like unto. Pray that you will be the wheat and not the tares and that you will seek to strengthen the wheat and not focus on uprooting the tares lest you lose some of the wheat with the tares. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you once again for your mercy, goodness, and love. We thank you for this parable that was given just this one time, but it's given and then it is explained a few verses later because the disciples were very interested to know this. We ask you to help us that we will apply ourselves to wisdom as we look at what you said that this thing means, that we will not shift it to our own kind of meaning, but that we will apply it, that we will seek to strengthen those who are weak, and that we will recognize that it's not only good things and good people that will be around and that we'll have to deal with and contend with, but people who are not necessarily in the right place and not well-meaning. Help us to have grace and discernment and tact that we might be able to interact appropriately with every person. And maybe some that look like tears will turn out just to have been slow wheat. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. Remember, you can find both Rightly Divide the Word of Truth and True Wisdom on Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, or wherever you normally obtain your podcasts. You can reach us via email at BibleQuestions at ASBZone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. 
We appeal to you as Paul appealed to the Thessalonians. Brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word.